Amen. Amen. Hey, everyone, turn with me, please, quickly in your Bibles to Genesis chapter number two. Genesis number two, we're going to read verses 20 through 23. 20 through 23. Um, we are in our series on our collection of talks on relationships called The Garden. Kind of twofold with that. One is we're, we're reading from uh, the passage that goes into the Garden of Eden, where you see the original uh, relationships kind of birthed and happen, as well as uh, relationships are like a garden. You got to take care of them if you want them to be healthy and fruitful. And if you don't take care of a garden, uh, it dies. And so we don't want relationships to die. Um, also, too, within this, I know that uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of us in this place are either married or single or dating or whatnot. Um, and w- the principles that we teach, even though sometimes, like especially today, we'll probably be talking a lot more towards married couples, but it's all applicable to, re- to, uh, to have healthy relationships, healthy friendships, healthy dating relationships, so on and so forth. And so um, I'm glad that you guys are with us today. We have, I'm really stoked about baptisms next week. If you want to be baptized, just write on your card baptism or on your next steps thing and turn it into the back and one of the buckets back there and, um, and we'll get a hold of you and next week you'll get dunked. Um, and for you guys, are, yeah, yeah, dunked. And some of you guys are like, what is baptism? Uh, baptism is, it's basically, it's, a, it's an ancient ritual. And what it means for us today as Christians is it's just signifying that we have given our lives to Jesus. That the old is gone, meaning that when you go underneath that water, you're dying to that old person. When you come up out of the water, it represents that you've been born brand new, that you have that fresh start, and that you're with Jesus. So it's awesome. And uh, we're going to have a I think the plan is to have one of those big old, like, metal troughs up here. Um, but we'll heat the water, you know. We'll get it warm. It'll be like a metal hot tub. No? Okay. And um, you'll go under the water. And then you'll come out, and then you'll get everyone wet. So it's exciting. Both services. Yay. Okay. All right. Uh, Genesis. Um, if you're there, say amen. If you're not, say hold on. Because it's right in the beginning. Okay, all right, I'll just give you guys one more second. Oh, also, a couple of cool things is that we have a parking team now to help with some of the parking issues we've been experiencing. Well, I don't know if we have them yet, but we're starting it. So if you're interested in being on the parking team, if you have a real passion to see cars placed properly um, around buildings and stuff, we would love for you to sign up for that. You can let us know by just writing parking team on your communication card, and um, you can join that. We also ask that you're friendly, that you're a friendly person. (laughs) We don't want any mean people, parking people. And then if you ever come to the second service, we're in process right now of trying to get some AC. So we're going to try to get AC hooked up because sometimes it gets hot in here. It's getting hot in here. All right. So hot, so hot. Never mind. Um, Okay, Genesis 2. We just need to jump into the scriptures. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. If you missed last week, you can jump online, watch it on our YouTube site, or you can um, podcast it from Spotify. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was asleep, he took one of the man's ribs, or it's also translated sometimes, just he, he took um, something out of the man's side, and then he closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For, I don't know why I read it like that. <laughs> I, should, I should read it like Barry White. And she shall be called woman. Okay. <laughs> it's creepy, dear Lord. For she was taken out of man. 
<laughs> that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and the two become one flesh. Um, today, I just want to uh, just talk a little bit on this idea of the balance of opposites, the balance of opposites. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, we just ask now that you'd speak, that we'd listen, encourage us, convict us, Lord, but ultimately draw us near to you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Um, so well over 20 years ago, when my wife and I um, started dating, we fell hard, hard in infatuation for each other. Um, she was unbelievably attracted to me. Um, <laughs> For her, it was all about my body, and for me, it was all about her brains. I just loved who she was, and so, <laughs> it's true. Um, no, but, but we just, we, we, were, we were very much into each other, right? We, it was like, you know, we would hold hands all the time. She would say things to me that were just, I can't repeat, but just wonderful, and... You know, she'd tell me, she'd tell me, like, she'd be like, you're, oh, she'd be like, you're perfect. And I'd be like, thanks, girl. She'd be like, you're beautiful. I'd be like, oh. And then, and then I would do stuff, too. Like, you know, I would, I would, I would kind of take her in my arms, and I'd hold her, and I'd be like, you just fit. You just fit right here. You just, fit. yeah, it was, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a sweet man. Um, <clears throat> And we just, we thought like, we thought, man, we just, we fit, we moved together. This is like awesome. We're perfect. And, and, and then, um, and then we got married. <laughs> oh Lord. And then we got married. We didn't have the best um, premarital counseling. I'll put it that way. Um, side note, a lot of times premarital counseling anyways for people is they're just trying, they feel like it's a test they're trying to pass just so they can get married. And so they're like, you, you say like, hey, here's some stuff to work on. They're like, oh, we do that. We've been doing that forever. Well, here's some stuff to think about. We've just been thinking about that. We've got it set. We're, we're like the perfect couple. We should be married. So it, by side note, also, if you think you're ready to be married, you ain't, you ain't ready. <laughs> so we, we, um, we get married, and, and we begin to notice that there are massive differences with, with each other. Like, for instance, um, I, I'm, I'm a night person. Like, when night happens, I'm, like, alive, and I'm ready to rock. Who are my night people at? Come on. And... Um, and, and she's, a, she's a morning, she's a very much a, a morning, an er, early to bed, early to bed, like nine, like nine o'clock in our house, like my wife is like out, right? I'd make a snoring noise, but um, she's, I don't want to do that. Hey, baby, you only snore sometimes. Um, <laughs> we're going to need counseling after today. Um, so... Like, again, like, she's, she's to bed early, I'm, like, to bed late, like, when, when I say I'll be home at 6 o'clock, she expects me to be home at 6 o'clock, and I'm, like, anywhere between, like, 6 to 9 o'clock is, like, my range, it's, like, I'll be home around that time, and, and we, we started, like, to notice that we just were, we were massively different, the way we thought about money was different, the way that we thought about intimacy was different, all these things were just so absolutely different. And then on top of it, I didn't realize that when I was marrying her, I was also marrying Jim and Jan Clancy, her parents. Now, I don't mean this from the standpoint of like, they're always at our house, like the, you know, the in-laws that just show up unannounced. Um, that's what we're going to be. But what, <clears throat> yeah. but, but more so like who she was as a person and who she was as a wife had been so formed by the family that she grew up in. And myself, I was, like, she didn't realize that she was marrying Greg Moores and Jackie Singer. Like, she didn't realize the amount of dysfunction 
that I'd came that had I'd come out of. You know, divorced parents and you know, wild. You know, because my my mom and drug addict when I was younger. All these different like I have all I had all sorts of weird mommy issues. Still have a lot of weird mommy issues. Not weird. I just have them. And so, and so she was like, she was inheriting all of this stuff, right? She was inheriting all of, of this stuff. And I, I don't think we truly understand or understood how different we were and how much baggage we were bringing into this now, what's supposed to be this happily married union of a Christian man and a Christian woman, you know, and a pastor at that, right? Like, we, 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 didn't, we didn't get it. You know, some of these things were because of, again, just being, you know, raised in unhealthy environments. Some of these things were just because we're different. And, and I think that it's super important that we realize that these differences, in the beginning they would drive us apart, but ultimately what we, what we came to realize is that these differences would actually bring balance to our relationship. They would bring a, a beautiful balance, and it would help us create a wonderful life. And, and the, the, <clears throat> the dysfunction and the, and the baggage that we brought in, we were actually there to now help each other heal from it instead of blame each other for it. Um, I think it's incredibly interesting that when we read here in Genesis, that when God sees that Adam needs a helper, when God needs a suitable, when, when Adam needs a suitable helper, God does not create somebody the same as him. God doesn't go, you know what, like Adam's, you know, personality, you know, who he is as a man, we're going to make one just like him. Instead, no, he makes someone that is opposite of him. That is opposite of him. Somebody who, again, is, is of course, physically opposite, but also um, opposite in, in the way that, that she relates, in the way that she thinks. Again, and it's not, it's not to cause strife, but it's because he needed a helper. There was areas in his, in his life and in his work that weren't necessarily flying well, I guess you'd say. You know, God was watching Adam going like, this dude needs help, as most men do. Amen. <clears throat> so he creates, he creates Eve. Now this word helper, because again, I, I, don't want, I don't want this to seem demeaning in any way, shape, or form, like Adam needed a helper, so he made a woman. Women are just supposed to be helpers. That's not it at all. Because the word actually helper there means um, it, it's, it's azer, or azer, or azar, or however you want to pronounce the Hebrew word. But, um, but this word actually has a very strong and very powerful connotation behind it. Very, like, like this is a, a helper, somebody who's going to get stuff done. As a matter of fact, that this word is, is uh, ascribed to God a ton within the song that God is a helper. And then when you get into the New Testament and you find out one of the, one of the uh, primary um, uh, workings of the Holy Spirit is to be a, a parakletos, our helper, our helper, our helper. And also, side note with that, um, uh, the Holy Spirit is the one that has a very, um, a little bit more of a, a feminine characteristic to it, and that it's our comforter. It's, our, it's, it's the one that takes care of us and guides us and, and teaches us and trains us. But... <clears throat> So we see that the Azar, or Azer, is something that's powerful. God didn't make women weak. And I was expecting a little bit more love for the ladies on that one. <laughs> okay, there we go. But, <clears throat> but he, he, he made women to be a counterpart to men. So that there is, a, again, a beautiful balance that we can see. 
And, and it says that when he's going to make this other human, make this woman, it says that he knocks Adam out, just deep, deep sleep. This is like the first surgery. God's an anesthesiologist, right? <laughs> knocks him out and takes out of his side. Now, again, it's either side or rib or however you want to you know, get into the Hebrew of it, but takes, we'll just say rib because it says rib in, this, in, in the translation we're reading, takes the rib out of his side. Now, this is, this is, this is interesting because he, there's a, a beautiful Jewish tradition that says that God did not take um, Eve out of the bottom of Adam's foot so that Adam would rule over her, nor did he take Eve out of the top of Adam's head for her to rule over him but out of the side, so that they could rule side by side. And as well as under his arm, so that she could be protected by him. And close to his heart, so that he would love her. No, oh, that's good. Isn't that good? That was really good. It's a Jewish tradition, but I'm taking credit for it right now. That was solid, right? So we have to understand that, that again, there's... There's this part of, of us as, as men that we are to protect and to love our wives. And that we are to do this life in a side-by-side fashion, in a side-by-side manner. That it is a, a goal of mine to protect my wife, to love my wife, to cover my wife. Right? Not to fight my wife. Oh, I'm going to ahead of myself. We'll get there later. But, but to, to do that, now, I think it's very interesting that today, and especially today, this is kind of a side note, but um, with the amount of pornography out there, it's training men not to view women as, as someone to love and to protect and to cover, but as uh, an object to be used for their own selfish satisfaction as well as it's training women to feel like they are to be objects used for others' satisfactions. And that's not the case. Ladies, if you're single in here, or if you're dating, use this time. <laughs> you're like, hey. <laughs> use this time. Use, use this time to, to test men to see if they are, are going to protect you, if they are going to, to guard you, if they are going to love you. Like, it's, just, it's, a, it's a good time for that. Um, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 33, I'm going to go there. You can go there with me if you'd like. In Ephesians chapter 5, we get to see kind of how the, the I guess, roles and representation play out. Um, it says instructions for a Christian household, verse 21. I'm going to read about 10 verses here. It says, submit to one another, right? Submit to one another, both husbands and wives. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Here we go. Wives, submit to your own husbands, to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. Not just love them, but love them as just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or blemish 
but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Again, this is kind of going back to how woman was taken out of man and so on and so forth. After all, no one has ever hated their body. Sorry, after all, no one has ever hated their own body, but they feed it and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, this is not a, a point of salvation of, or any means, and this is it just it's a, more of a point of order. And if you, within your marriage and within your household, say, we're not going to subscribe to this, then that's fine. That's, that's your deal. And so please, if I offend you over these next 10 minutes, take it up with God, because he wrote it, not me. Um, it, it, it says that, it says that women, so first it says that we're, submit to, we're supposed to submit to each other. Now, submission just means to come under the mission, right? And hopefully each one of us, if you're a couple in this place, you have a mission. Because when God put man and woman together, he did so for a mission, to do work, to produce something, to make something happen in life, right? That was part of, that was part of the deal. Adam was doing work. He needed a helper. God puts you guys on a mission. God gives you guys a purpose. You have man and woman to do that together, right? So there's different times within marriage where, like, I will come under. I will submit to, to what Aaron is saying, what Aaron is doing, because I'm like, yeah, that's, that, that goes with our mission, and so I'm going to come under that. But ultimately... As the woman, she is, I would say that I would have the 51% of that partnership. Okay, now, if women are called to submission, men are called to crucifixion. Right? Again, I stole that from another preacher, but you don't know who that is, so I'm just taking credit. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Thank you. If, if women are called to submission, men are called to crucifixion which means that we are to love our wives and love our families as Christ loved the church, dying for it. Dying for it. That means that as, as the, the, the quote-unquote head of the household, I am the servant of the household. If we follow Christ's example, he's, it, Christ said, I didn't come to be served but to... I didn't come to, to be served but to... Ah, uh, gosh, whatever. Okay, so, so I, I, didn't, I didn't come to, to, to be served but to serve. I came to serve so that me in my house, I have to be that example. I have to be the one that serves the most. I got to be the one that, that is, is willing to do the most. I got to be the one that's willing to die to my own dreams and desires for the betterment of my family. I got to be the one to say that if my wife isn't on board with it and because of my great love for her and because of my protection of her and because of my great love for my kids, I want to make sure that they're on board with the mission that we're going. And if they're not on board, then I really have to check my heart. I really have to go to the Lord. And if the Lord says, no, 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 you got to go, then we got to have some real counseling, you know, and some stuff to take care of. But ultimately, uh, I, if I'm going to lead, I got to lead in a way that we all lead. Does that make sense? If you as a husband are ever having to pull rank, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. There was a time, it was early in our Christian lives um, we, when we were dating. Um, I didn't fully get this whole thing. Like I'd read this verse before and so we got in an argument. I was like, you need to submit right now. You just need to submit. Because it says so in the Bible. She was like, oh, heck no. She's fierce. She's got fight in her. So, 
Now, now I also want to I also want to say this that um, if men are the head of their wives, it's they're the head of their wives. They're not the head of their girlfriends. I see way too many like dating couples where the where the guys like where the guys like well, I'm just trying to lead us spiritually. I'm like, well, that's cool, boyfriend. <laughs> you know. You ain't married yet. <clears throat> um, uh, and they're, they're not the head of women. Right? So uh, that's just, there we go. I, I also love this because it goes into this, in Ephesians chapter 5, it goes in really to the call that there needs to be a very, a very much a deep call to protect and to love. Almost like, you know, like you, you love your own body. And, and really what it's, what it's talking about is here in, in Genesis chapter 2, that when it's taken out of, like, Eve was taken out of Adam's body, there's this deep love and there's a connection there. And you need to take care of each other like that. And, and, and each family decides how this looks, right? Each family decides how this looks. So there's not, like, a, a, only one right way to do that. There's, you have to decide as husband and wife. And again, if you're maybe dating or about to be married, these are great things to have conversations about. What does this look like for you guys? And then it says at the very end, um, it says, uh, okay. Each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Love and respect are musts. Musts? Musty. I don't know. <laughs> They're must. Like, they, you must. They're, it's not, it, it's not a, um, a, well, when, when you earn my love or when you earn my respect. And I'll, I'll say this. Men have a, a deeply profound need for respect. As a matter of fact, in, if, in, in polls taken, when men were asked, would you rather be loved or respected, um, I, I think it was like 70% of the men said we'd rather be respected. Yeah, men spell love R E S P E C T. <laughs> Find out what it means to me, Aria. Um, <laughs> but same thing, men. Women spell respect L O V E. And I think the difference there is intentional because it means that we have to put work into our relationships. We have to put work into our relationships. And, in, and within the middle of all of this stuff, it's actually, it helps us when you're in that relationship, it helps you live out Christianity on a daily basis. When, when it's talking about the profound mystery of Jesus and the church and all of that stuff, it, it's, it's really digging into because I have to learn to die to self on a daily basis. I have, to, I, have to, I have to learn what it means then to, again, to put away my own fresh, fleshly needs and desires and really live as I would with Christ when you're in that relationship. Same vice versa with her. So, it, you know, like it, maybe you've heard this said before, but if you haven't, you can quote me. I said it. I'm doing that all day today. Um, marriage wasn't created to make you happy, but to make you holy. To make you holy. To, to get you to a point to where you realize how selfless you need to be and how selfless you should live. Because again, we're different. We're different. 
but those differences aren't necessarily bad. We have to learn to appreciate the differences. We have to learn to appreciate the differences. Again, when, when Aaron and I got married and, and um, realized how different we were, I saw those differences as opposition. I didn't realize the, the balance that it would bring to my life. I am like, go, go, go. Man, it's Saturday, let's go do something, right? Like, let's go ride bikes at the beach, let's go surf, let's, yeah, kind of right here, there, there's my go, go, go people. Like, let's, let's go do, let's go find a rad restaurant, let's go to the cool coffee shop, let's just go, go, come on. And she's like, let's just sit on the couch and read a book. <laughs> Maybe a nice little glass of wine or something like that, and read a book. I'm like, no! Are you kidding me? Day off. Let's go party. Come on, right? I'm like, I'm like always dreaming. I'm like, like when we were first married, it would freak her out because she didn't realize that I was just dreaming. I'd be like, I think we should just go to Europe for a couple of months. And she's like, no, we can barely afford rent right now. And you want to go to Europe? And I was like, yeah. But like that's, that's just kind of how, how that is, right? But at the same time, so she brings that balance to my life because if not for her, I would go, 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 go all the time. If not for her, we, we probably would have moved like four or five different times and like messed our kids all up. You know, like if not for her, I, we wouldn't have traditions, like traditions during Christmas and traditions during Easter. Like the kids get Easter baskets because she brings that into our life. I didn't grow up with that stuff. I don't have that. I don't have that. She brings that balance. And, and, and for me, I bring that balance to her where she goes and does things and has these cool experiences and doesn't just sit on the couch and read books. Like, does, does that make sense? I need her to slow me down and she needs me to speed her up. I need her to help me see a completely different point of view and, and so that my, my words are gentler with, with people and with my kids. And so I need, I need that. That is a beautiful balance that it brings to my life that has helped create the life and the household that we have. If she was just like me, we would be all kinds of jacked up. <laughs> right? No, but she, she, she brings, he brings a calm to my life. I need that. But again, in, in relationships, we can oftentimes see that as like opposition. Like, why don't you ever want to go do something with me? Oh my gosh, I hate this. Why are you always trying to tell me to say things differently? <laughs> Does that make sense to you guys? We are on the same team, we're the same team. We're not meant to fight against each other. We're meant to fight for each other. And, and at the same time, we're also in this to help each other, getting ahead a few weeks, but to help each other get over our baggage. She gets to, she gets to via the Holy Spirit, and God's speaking to her, she gets to help repair the damage that was done to me in my childhood. I, via the Holy Spirit, Get to be the one to help. She's perfect. I can't. Well, she is now. I've done a lot of work. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But, um, 
but, but we had to get to that point, though, to where we, we realized we weren't meant to battle each other. We were meant to complement each other. And I think it's important that we always, in any relationship that we're in, whenever there's strife or whether there's arguments or whatever, that we realize the true enemy in it. It's not each other. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says that, um, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Recognize the real enemy. It's not your spouse. It's not your friend. It's not your homie. It's, it's the enemy trying to get in there. Arguments are won in prayer. Not in outsmarting or outlasting the other person. That one was mine. <laughs> I'm sure somebody else said it, that too. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, for sure. Arguments... Arguments are won in prayer, not in outsmarting or outlasting the other person. That means that when you find yourselves in the middle of that moment, to stop. If you're spiritual, walk away and pray. If you're super spiritual and your spouse is super spiritual, grab their hands and pray. And recognize that what's taking place here, as, you, as the anger is escalating, that is not, it, it's, it's not that person that you're getting mad at. It's the enemy, and the enemy's trying to get in there. Because the enemy wants to divide. The enemy wants to divide us. And, and when, we're divi- when we're divided, just as, even as brothers and sisters in Christ, as just people in general, when we're divided, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4 Um, 29 through 32, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Ooh. Hey, now. According to their needs. Not yours. That it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Meaning this, that when we're we're at each other and we're tearing each other down with our words and we're fighting and we're we're in those things and and, and then we're holding malice in our heart and and slander and all that stuff, that aggrieves the Holy Spirit. It makes God sad. Isn't that interesting? That as much joy that we can bring God, we can also make him sad. And we make him sad when we're at each other. When we're saying bad things about each other. When we're holding unforgiveness in our hearts towards one another. It's not just, not only is it bad for you, for your, for your, uh, your body, soul, and spirit, but it's also, it also hurts the Lord. So we need to do everything that we can to get to a point to where we don't. Where we do, where we do stop and pray, and we, we, we don't hold uh, stuff against each other to where we, we kind of relax a little bit. There is no competition in marriage. If one succeeds, we both succeed. If, 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 if one is complimented, we're both complimented. If one is hurt, we both hurt. One celebrates, we both celebrate. If one mourns, we both mourn. We are, we are together in this. And so let me just give you a couple of like just real practical things and then, and then we'll, we'll close out. But this, play to your strengths, admit your weaknesses, and accept their weaknesses. Play to your strengths, admit your weaknesses, tell her, hey, look, I know I'm not good at this. 
Like, I'm sorry. I, I, I'll, I'll try to improve in these different areas, but these are, this is what I bring to the table. And then don't look at her weaknesses or don't look at his weaknesses and be like, you're so messed up here. What's wrong with you? And realize that you probably are strong in those weaknesses, and that's why you see them as weaknesses. Um, it's not your job to change them. Side note, if you are dating and you're thinking, well, they'll change once we're married. <laughs> no. 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 You have to, when you, you marry that person, you marry that person thinking, if they're this way forever, cool. Um, the only one that can change someone is, is themselves and the Holy Spirit partner together. And I know that some of you guys pray that your spouse should change, but I would say pray that you change the way you see your spouse. Thank you, babe. Thank you. As a matter of fact, I want to give you guys, and, um, I want to give you guys uh, four things to pray. Four things to pray for. Maybe, maybe it's your, your, well, for sure for your spouse, or maybe it's a relationship or a friendship or whatever. But I want you to pray this. Pray gratitude and thankful, thankfulness for them. Pray gratitude and thankfulness. Lord, thank you so much that you've given me Aaron. Thank you so much that she's my wife and we get to do life together. I'm just so thankful for who she is. Pray this. Pray that God would work powerfully in their life and in their favor. Pray that God would work powerfully in their life and in their favor. I'm giving you guys time to write these down. Also, by the way, single ladies, now is a good time to look around and see which single men are writing this down. <laughs> and to see which ones aren't. Just saying. Pray that you would see them the way Jesus does. Pray that you would see them the way Jesus does. And then lastly, pray that you would be a benefit to them and that the Holy Spirit would show you ways to do so. That you might anticipate needs before they're even said. Can I get worship team to come up here? Oh, yeah, for sure. Sorry. Ah, notes are flying. Pray that you would be a benefit to them and that the Holy Spirit would show you ways to be so. Thank you. You're welcome. Pray that. Pray that. Pray that again for sure for your spouse. Maybe pray that for a friendship, a relationship. Maybe it's in your family, something that you've been having struggles with and hard times with. Maybe it's praying that for your mom. Maybe that's praying that for, you know, like one of your, your homies. Whatever it is, just pray those things. Pray those things and just start to see the way the Lord changes your heart and changes that relationship. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes as we, as we, as we pray? Father, we thank you.